Time now for the Hook Health Checkup in the company of Dr. Kira Kelly. Uh, Dr. Kelly, welcome to the programme. What I want to start with, and I'm going to do it once and for all, and I'm never going to do it again. Um, what we have put in the studio here is, have you heard of a scratching post? Yeah, for cats, animals, for, for cats, I have. Yeah, well, I, we have one of them because my skin is making me scratch. And we have more texts from 70-year-olds saying, how do I deal with itchy skin? Can you do put some finality on this so we'll just never again talk about it? Why have all lost people, why have all these people got itchy skin? Um, why? Well, well, with age, skin becomes drier, it loses moisture, we, and that's why it wrinkles and it changes. So we know that the older skin is a drier skin. In addition to that, it loses elasticity, so it, it's less able to cope with the onslaught of the environment. So, so skin as it ages becomes more sensitive and drier, and almost by its nature, then the cells within the skin become more irritable, and they produce a substance called histamine, which causes you to feel itchy and what's more George your scratching post I'm going to have to take it out with me when I leave because if you scratch the itchy skin you get into what's called the scratch itch cycle or the itch scratch cycle and what it basically means is that you perpetuate the itch by scratching I'm like the 76 year old listener who's come in here and the other 70 year old listeners with with itchy skin like it's between my shoulder blades so I have to rub off the scratching post but anyway let's get away whether I should or should not scratch The, the point about it is is there any way that we can tell put to bed how older people or indeed yes. some younger people yes, I, can I, do there's it. a few things that you should do antihistamines are, are helpful because they, they, they lower the level of histamine so we take a pill every day well you can take an antihistamine yeah it's better than driving yourself demented with the itch the other thing is, is don't scratch on pain of death I often literally pull people's hands away from themselves in, in the surgery because they're actually scratching as they speak to well, me. Well, I scratch so it bleeds. Yes, and, and that's what people do. They scratch till it bleeds. So you've got to stop scratching. You've right. got to take an antihistamine. You've got to stop using soap and use a soap substitute that's moisturising. I do not mean cosmetic problem um, products like Dove or Simple, no disrespect to them. I mean something suitable for dermatitis like E45 or a Silcox base or a Vino or one of those types of things. And you have to moisturise. And George... But how can I moisturise? Well, now, call on the help of the lovely Ingrid yeah. or, or, or her equivalent <laughs> if you're not you. Like, how am I going to moisturise between my shoulder blades? And all us 70-year-olds, we can't reach like... Well, our, I our, think our you and I extremities. should patent the Hook Kelly moisturiser on a stick thing. <laughs> and right. we're going to get it and people need okay. to use it down the all back right. like a loofah. All right, okay. Now, this is an extraordinary question. Right, and I'm, I'm, I'm conscious. I might be dismissive, but I don't want to be dismissive. Okay, okay. I have a close rest relative lost them. The listener did. Right, they're in a battle in their job with bullying. They're on medication for anxiety. They vomit every day, and the question is: Is this normal? And when will it end? Now, I'm likely to be dismissive and say, try like, not to be. I try not to be. Okay. So I'm handing it over I to you. I know it's your instinct to be dismissive. But you're quite right. Is this normal? The answer is 
No, of course it's not normal. Nobody should vomit every day. But I tell you what, when you're in acute anxiety, you will feel stressed. You will actually feel sick. You probably won't want to eat. It's why when people are very anxious, they lose weight. Um, you will feel that kind of uh, heartburny, gastritisy, gnawing thing in your stomach. And yes, some people in extreme or in extremis, as we say with the whole Latiny thing, they, they will actually vomit. But that means the anxiety is not properly controlled. I would suggest this person needs a couple of things. One is their anxiety medication isn't working so they need to go and talk to their doctor because whatever they're on it isn't it isn't doing its job. Correct. They may further need something for their stomach separate to their anxiety being managed if you know what I mean. They may actually yeah, yeah. need a, an antacid or what have you. They need someone to talk to. They need some kind of talking therapy because they've lost a relative. They're in a very difficult situation at work. They're consumed with anxiety. They're in a bad place. So they need someone to talk to. And they may need, and people often need in these work situations, either a time out from work, as in, you know, you're, you're put off on sick leave or something like that. And they probably need some legal advice too because bullying in the workplace is an extraordinary thing. And I've often been amazed as a grown-up person as a doctor, because I've dealt with lots and lots of people who've had bullying in the workplace, at just how undermined and unhinged adults become by bullying. It is quite amazing to me because we all know that kids in the schoolyard when they get bullied are very upset and they cry and they feel awful and they don't want to go to school and all that kind of stuff. It seems to me that bullying at whatever age it happens to you is an extraordinarily undermining thing because I have seen grown adults who are successful and capable really struggle. There's... there's, uh the anxiety medicine, there's something for the stomach. But more importantly, I would suggest, is the talking therapy. I agree with you. I must say, when I was going to retire from radio, I was going to be a talking therapist. I thought I'd be quite good at it. I know you'd think very low opinions of me, but I think... That, you you know, know I love you dearly. A decade of the rosary, I think I, it works wonders. I just think anyway, you'd find it hard to talk about somebody else. There's a fella down in Cork... I think might be a woman but I think it's a fella or got a severe blow in the back of the head 14 months ago from a blunt object has a bit of a lump at the back of his head well it's good sized he's 43 oh yeah 43 a male should I be worried well if he if lumps you wouldn't be worried about the lump I wouldn't really no, no. this is very hard for you or I despite our, our obvious skills here George it's very hard for us to say when someone has a lump or a bump that it's safe because we can't see it we can't touch it we can't feel it we can't do anything with it what I would say to you is, is a head injury that's going to cause you problems down the line is going to cause you problems a lot quicker than 14 months so that's unlikely to be problematic at this point but he hasn't got any problems he's yes. just got a lump and lumps post injuries tend to be a thing called and we're just saying tend to be because we haven't seen this specific lump tend to be a thing called a hematoma which is that you've bled under the skin you've had an area of bruising that swelled up but as it healed and was sort of resolved it formed like a small ball of a scar under your skin the the, 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 the bruise yes that, exactly yeah. and you're left with a lump and that's all it is and it's oh, uh, yeah. uh, inconsequential but we're saying that in a very general term George we don't know in this case but I, I would be surprised if a 14 month later bump is a problem yeah the, the thing about you being a doctor you have to put in all these I do the codicils yeah, are coming hard you don't care I, I know that's quite, yeah, whatever yeah. you like go on now there's another lump Oh, yeah. uh, but but this one's a bit worrying. It's a gallbladder there. Lost a considerable lot, amount of weight. I'm not surprised. Gallbladder operation a year ago. But there's still pain. And they're worried about their feces being different colours. First of all, let's go to colour route. I've done all the colours of the rainbow. It doesn't really matter, does it? Well, it does and it doesn't, OK? Very pale feces can be 
associated with a thing called obstructive jaundice, which is where you have a block. No, oh, hold, hold your hold your fire no, for a second. Will you go back to the poor person have his gallbladder? Right? Yeah. Well, you see, people who have their gallbladders out. What happens is the gallstone blocks it, and they develop a thing called obstructive jaundice. And then what they have is 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 pale stools known as stiatoria. Oh, you know, this is because you know more about it than I do. Well, I can d- see in, that. in fairness, okay. come on. All right. It's, it's, yeah. All right. Okay. Um, so pale, bulky stools are to do sometimes with liver problems. So they could be to do with that. The reddish brown is probably normal. But I mean, we're not outruling it being blood because we have no idea. All I would say to them is this. If you have an ongoing problem and you've had previously a problem with, with, with you know, gallstones, it's not impossible even having had your gallbladder removed to still have stones in your common bile duct, which is the tube that came out of your gallbladder. Right. And you may, in fact, need to have right. um, something looked at. Now, can the common man say something? The very common man. Go on. Well, the point about surgery Right, this is the common man speaking. The point about surgery is that it cures the problem, right? Yes, That's yeah. why you have the surgery. <laughs> yeah. So therefore a person who a year later is still having pain and you know, is worried, that goes against the idea of surgery. So therefore you, you, you have to go back to somebody and say, Listen, I had this surgery a year ago, but I'm still having a yeah. problem. Now if you're whatever you call it, uh, um jaundice, whatever yeah, you yeah, yeah. just that may well be true. I'm not actually arguing with that. The only problem is that you doctors in the time of George Third thought you could find out what was wrong with him by looking at his stools, you know? And you're probably still carrying on that kind of medicine centuries after George Third. Go back to your surgeon, give him a bollocking and say, why did you take my gallbladder out if I still have pain? Okay, in response to that whole question, first of all, you can't give him a bollocking because he may not have done anything wrong. The reality of it is, is sometimes after surgery, there are complications. And some of but those complications... But you go back. Yes, of course you I'm go back. I'm only telling you go back. Well, of course yeah. you go back. Now, if you have any questions and you want really common sense answers, you text 53106. On the other hand, if you want some sort of historical medical answer, which may well be based on, f- in f- on, on fact, fact and knowledge, <laughs> then Dr. Kerry Kelly will answer. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. No, no, you now, don't. This is one that I can't really answer. I know what's coming. This is a 14-year-old girl with very heavy periods, which last seven days. She'd pass clots. Should she be taking iron supplements? She's also very tired. Now, I would suggest to you, Doc, that very heavy periods would make you tired, I would think, yeah? But but what causes them? Okay. Some people just have heavy ones and some people have light ones. Teenagers in particular often have very heavy periods. And they do. They get anemic. They get weak. They get faint. They get, as well, this girl has... blood Yeah, like. very tired. And it's, it's quite problematic. So, first of all, should she be taking iron supplements? Yeah, I think she probably should. But second, of all if that's not enough and for some girls that's not enough because they have re- like seven days of heavy bleeding is no crack for anybody Absolutely. so so that can be a problem so for some of these girls what we do is we put them on the pill and what we do with putting them on the pill oh, yeah. is we regulate their cycle to give them a lighter shorter bleed and that way we can control the anemia we can control the fatigue and these things pass 
I often think that, that periods are like a cycle of life insofar as when you start them in your teens, they're awful. What do you mean uh, teens? They're starting them now at eight, nine, ten. Yeah, they're not really. Uh, no, but when they, most girls still start them at 12, 13, whatever. So, so when they start them in their teens, they can be really, really difficult for people. And in the end of the cycle, in your late 40s or whatever, or in your 50s, if you're that, getting that long, they can be really problematic okay. too. But in the middle, they tend to be okay. That's the good news. All right, but but either see, end, they're problematic. All right, but you see, you think I'm an idiot, but well, I'm not. Well, I wouldn't like to say. See, because the, you mentioned the pill and the regulation, right? The pill was invented for the very purpose of regulation of periods. Isn't that so? And then they suddenly said, ha ha, Eureka, we can use this for a contraception. Yes, yes no. Largely speaking. Thank you. Okay, right. jury comes in with another not, expert gu- not guilty ver- verdict on hook again. But speaking of periods at teens and in your 40s, 50s, yeah, yeah. what about the poor lady who's got early menopause, 43 she is, should she, Should she be on HRT? Okay. Uh, the, the only thing that... that I'm a she, big fan of HRT, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> HRT I just is like the way it's spelled. Hormone replacement therapy. Oh, yeah. She's 43 and I've been told I'm going to the early menopause. I have low FSH levels. Now, the thing about it is this is, there's one thing that I don't understand about this question, which is this, is if you're going into the menopause, you should have high FSH levels. So there's oh. either she's got low FSH levels and she's not going into the menopause or she's going into the menopause and she's got high levels. So I... Don't know which one this is, um, but let's but just. Would you consider HRT for a forty-three-year-old going into menopause? Absolutely, I would. And what does yeah. HRT do to you? Make sure a whiz kid like that you were when you were twenty-eight. HRT gives you, uh, particularly if you haven't had a hysterectomy, it gives you uh, estrogen and progesterone, so it replaces the hormones that you're losing coming up to the menopause, and it controls the symptoms of the, oh, menopause, the menopause, the flushing, like, the sweating, all that oh, cr- yeah. crack. But yeah. also, it protects your bones and stuff like that. Osteoporosis. Osteoporosis, exactly. Well, very interesting. You should mention. Osteoporosis. It's not a panacea, people, just because I, I'm not getting a word in here, but it's not a panacea, HRT, it's not for everybody. But what about the person who says, speak about drugs for osteoporosis, uh, Dr. Kelly? I've been diagnosed in my late 50s after a DXA scan. The medication sounds scary. Okay, so this person has a DEXA scan, they're in their late 50s and they have osteoporosis. And let me tell you, there's a kind of a, a myth out there that osteoporosis only affects women. Men get osteoporosis too, lots and lots of men. What's this, weak bones or something? Yeah, exactly, George. The, the, the the, the mass of the bone has thin so they're kind of oh, they yeah. become brittle and you're prone to fractured hips and fractured oh, yeah. arms and all but this stuff. it's mostly men women. are no no it's mostly not to see men are grossly underdiagnosed with it loads oh, of men are walking around but if around you drink it. milk when you're a young fella the 12 pints you used to have with brother yeah, echinacea milk is important in relation to strong bones well actually it is because the calcium is there very important and the I vitamin D you, you are so lucky you don't need me anymore Hook you've yeah. actually come up you've got to get an honorary doctorate from, from the College of Surgeons so what about the scary jobs I um, okay, in a nutshell, because I know we're under pressure for time, are there side effects to them? Yes, there are. Do you need them? It depends. If you are somebody who is at a reasonably strong risk of fracture if you have a fall, then they're probably worth taking. Because do you know what it is? Is The reality of it is, is if you break a hip, a huge amount of people, a huge, I'm talking about a third of people a year post-hip have never recovered their 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 uh, no, mobility. Breaking the hip is I a know, disaster. I know, it's a disaster. All of it. The only thing is, she kind of skipped it in because she doesn't like to say it, or Kelly. The doc says, there can be pretty scary side effects to these You'd drugs. You'd swear I worked for a drug company the way you talk. I, I give patients the full information and I facilitate them making good choices about their health. I work for nobody but 
you more or less to be honest <laughs> well what was I talking about there was one really interesting one yeah what about the fella he's 39 he's absolutely shagged all the times he thinks that's not what he said it's almost anyway. as if he's drunk and some days he's high as a kite depression maybe no. Hard, hard to know but I, do you know what I'd say a very simple thing go and get a few bloods done we don't know what's going on with this fella we don't know if he has diabetes we don't know if he has blood yeah. pressure problems we yeah. don't know if he has uh, thyroid problems or low B12 or is anemic or anything we don't really know it's worth getting a set of routine bloods energy levels shouldn't be that labile they shouldn't I be that not up- at that age no, they shouldn't, shouldn't be feeling drunk. but you know what the reality of it is this George Half the country lives a crappy lifestyle. They eat the wrong food. They don't get enough sleep. They drink too much and they take no exercise. And in that case, your energy levels can be all over the shop. All right, well, there you are. Although I love this one. You know, I want to answer this one. Glenn, chronic snoring, right? And I'm one semi-blocked nostril. How do I stop it? My pregnant girlfriend's head is fried, right? <laughs> now, the first answer for pregnant girlfriend is just put on a pair of uh, headphones or whatever you call Earplugs. them. Earplugs. Earplugs. Headphones. Headphones. <laughs> and you can listen to George Hook through the night. <laughs> but, like, pregnant girlfriend just puts plugs in her ears. Well, th- I are or the Ingrid solution, move out. I know, no, no moving out. Yes, move look, if your boyfriend I don't mean move out. Move to the next If your boyfriend if you snores, stick in a pair of earplugs, you know, that's You're not a you're you're not a, saying I'm wrong. No, I'm not saying you're wrong. Okay. There's nothing worse than not what getting a full night's sleep. What about moving to a different bedroom? I'm not a fan of people sleeping apart. I think that undermines their relationship. After 48 years with the lovely She's Ingrid. pregnant. She's hardly likely to have been with them 48 years. Oh no, listen. Years. You rephrase that. Ingrid is not pregnant. It's the Girl in question is pregnant. Oh, no, but you said, I said Ingrid, and you said she's pregnant. Oh, no, what I said is this one is pregnant. She All hasn't right. been with them 48 anyway, years. What about the block nostril? Put some topical uh, nasal spray up your yes. nose. Yes, give it a, a saline spray, flush it out, topical and nasal spray. When and you're in the shower, blow your yeah, nose. Ah, George, you, my work is done. Uh, send in your questions to 53106. Mark them for the attention of St. George or panic-stricken doctor. You'll get them answered much quicker that way. Um, we've a pile of questions. We do. I mean, loads. half the country seems to be sick. Um, what about a fellow who's like Denny? I mean, he must be a hypochondriac. I have a pain in back on left lower side. Is it my kidneys? Okay, very different. Unlikely. No, no, could be likely. Could be likely. What do you always go for the most dodgy answer? It's not the most dodgy answer, Hook. Your kidney is on your lower left side and your back, on your right and your left. Because, yeah. He could have a kidney problem. If you have a kidney problem, right, you wouldn't be saying, I suggest to you, Doc, you wouldn't be saying... I have pain in my bag. What would you You'll be saying, I have an awful lot of pain in my bag. This is a text, kidney George. Kidney is an the extraordinarily tone. painful... Uh, kidney stones are... We didn't say you had a kidney stone. Here's what you do, listener. I'm sorry for George interrupting. Um, get yourself an ultrasound of what's called your left flank and we have a look and see what's wrong with you. Could it be your back and musculoskeletal? Yeah, of course it could. But could it also be your kidney? Yes, of course it could too. And an ultrasound will tell you which what's one it is. What's it more likely to be? Are we putting on a bet here? Yeah. It's more likely to be musculoskeletal. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. I but we still outrule it. George, I'm still. I don't know why I do this job. Why? But it's true, though. 
Well, listen, seeing as we're in the realms of complete medical idiocy, um, Darren, who's 25 in Dublin, says, what do you think of chiropractors? Um, I don't like them. There you go. What's a chiropractor? Chiropractor is somebody who 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 manipulates your bones yeah, around the place yes. and you know leans with their elbow on your lower back and tells everybody that their legs are different lengths and that their pelvis is tilted peculiarly yeah. and they must come every week for maintenance. Ah, ah, I don't like well, them. There uh, you go. Just the other side of the story is doctors who have a God complex do not want anybody else coming in with a different opinion. So they're opposed to chiropractors. They're opposed to homeopathy. Homeopathy does not work. They're opposed to putting needles in, whatever you call it. That doesn't work either. The ancient Chinese system of sticking needles needles in parts of the body. Acupuncture is the word you're looking for. doesn't work. They're opposed to anything that might crack the 120 quid for a 20 minute quick chat. Good Lord. against all that. You send your questions in to St. George or panic-stricken Kira on 53106. We'll answer them with the best medical information available on radio.